Welcome to the Bold Money Revolution podcast. This is your source for straight-talking, no-fluff, business and high-performance conversations that add real depth and value to the way bold leaders live, work, and thrive. I'm your host, Tara Newman. I'm here to show you how to optimize your performance as a leader so that you can grow a business that is profit-rich, efficient, and allows you to generate real tangible wealth for yourself and others. We are here to help you lead with your values, to perform without overwhelm and burnout, and to do your most important work in the world. Hey, it's Tara here. Want to know how to ensure your business is profitable so you can pay yourself like the expert you are? For starters, you have to have a plan. You have to plan for it. Yep, no winging it aloud when it comes to how you're going to keep more of your money. Profit is a habit. I've made it easy for you by creating a calculator that will take you from your personal financial needs to exactly how much revenue you need to make that happen. It couldn't be easier. Then we automatically tell you how much money you need in order to pay yourself, pay your taxes, and invest in your business. It is that simple. Our revenue goal calculator is built on the principles of profit first, which creates a robust and manageable system for running a bold profit business to create that financial peace of mind you're after and to make your big money plans become reality. You'll want to make sure that your business is set up to fuel your financial goals, a plan to fuel your financial goals. That's pretty damn sexy, ain't it? Take the first step today by downloading our revenue goal calculator to get started. Head on over to theboldleadershiprevolution.com forward slash revenue or text revenue to 415-528-7403. That's text revenue to 415-528-7403 and get your hands on our free resources to get you started. I'll even walk you through it. I'm so excited to help you make sure that your business is creating financial security for you and your family. Head on over to theboldleadershiprevolution.com forward slash revenue to get started right now. Hey, hey, bold leaders. It is Tara here. This is the Bold Money Revolution podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Are you one of the 73% of Gen X women who say that their financial situation keeps them up at night? That's a staggering number. And you millennials ain't off the hook. Millennials say that 77% of them are reporting that they're up at night because of their finances. Those are staggering numbers, women. Those are staggering numbers. And men tell me that women don't want to learn about financial literacy because it's not sexy enough. And yet when I meet women and we talk about money, they all say they want to increase their financial literacy. So sounds like one more area that we might be misunderstood in terms of what men think turn women on. So today, today, you got it. We're going there. Financial literacy. So if you are team financial literacy is sexy, then you're going to want to save this podcast somewhere to refer back to because we are going to be covering what it is, maybe what you want to focus on instead of financial literacy, and why it's important. So financial literacy is your knowledge and understanding of money and money-related concepts. 
it's important, but it's not the only factor in creating financial well-being or wealth in your life. I think of financial literacy as understanding how money works, that it's a tool and how you can use it to create more in your life, more fun, more joy, more health, more time, more growth as a human being. These are important things that help us thrive. And knowledge is critical, but having a clear plan with actionable steps is even more important, especially when it comes to long-term financial stability as a business owner. So financial health and physical health are very similar. You want to schedule regular checkups, make sure you're hydrated, get enough sleep, practice good hygiene. And one of the reasons why we want to practice good hygiene and take care of ourselves is so that we don't get sick. And if we get sick, we want to make sure that we're staying home, that we are covering our mouths when we cough, that we're sneezing into a tissue so that we don't get other people sick, right? So that we don't then start start to impact other people's wellness. And when you don't take care of your financial health and your financial hygiene, it does have an impact on other people, especially, especially if you're a business owner and you have vendors or employees or contractors or coaches or programs that you're paying for, right? If you're not taking care of your financial health, you can then negatively impact their financial health. So as a business owner, financial literacy and well-being are critical. And so I want to share how I practice self-care and financial wellness, right? I'm just going to give you a couple of little examples. I live below my means, plain and simple. I live below my means. Now, over the years, my means have become quite substantial. So me living below my means, I get it. It's not that much of a of a sacrifice, but at times it 100% has been in my life. I get it. And we still lived below our means. I pay my bills on time by setting up automatic payments. I create sinking funds to plan ahead for things. So um, one of my favorite sinking funds is for the dogs, right? So everybody knows pets can be pricey. One emergency can be a little dicey. And I had a friend share with me that her dog had eaten like an entire bottle of Advil or something like that. And she had to rush them to the vet and do the whole charcoal procedure. And it cost like four grand. Holy crap, right? And I remember hearing that going like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to be in a position where I immediately have to manifest $4,000. Like that would be really stressful for me with everything else that we have going on in our lives. So I created a sinking fund for my dogs. And my maximum on my sinking fund is $4,000. I haven't hit it yet, but every so often I toss some money into there. I've got a couple thousand dollars in there. And then I also use it for when I buy them a new toy or they go into the groomer and I need to pay for the groomer or we're boarding them overnight, right? That is the sinking fund for my dog so that it's never a surprise and that it's planned for. Another 
way that I take care of my financial health is I review my statements on at least a monthly basis to create awareness, right? This is not me judging how I spent my money. This is not that at all. This is for me to create awareness. And I go and I look, first of all, I want to make sure I'm not being ripped off. I'm not being charged for something that I didn't realize I was being charged for because that happens. But I really look at it and go, how does what I spent my money on align with my Thrive List? Yes. Awesome. So glad I spent money on this. Doesn't align with my Thrive List? I'm going to think about that before I do that again. Right? I prioritize creating solid financial foundations like life insurance, car insurance, health insurance, and emergency fund, which sometimes sucks because I have on a number of occasions looked at my husband, especially when we were making way less money, and I'm like, where is all our money going? Where is it going? Because it goes out before it even hits our checking account. It's going out to life insurance and car insurance and health insurance and the emergency fund and the 401ks and the before it even gets to our account. And I'm like, where is it all going? Where, where is it? And the answer is it went to being a fucking adult. That's it. It went to being an adult. Period. End of story. And I will tell you that I am really, really grateful that during our hardest financial times, right before we went bankrupt and we were selling everything we owned to put food on the table and diapers on the kids' behinds and you know, attempting to cover the mortgage, which we didn't do so well, we still paid the life insurance because it could have always been worse. I can't even imagine what would have happened if something happened to my husband during that time I was working. I was actually the one making more money at the time, but we had the debts on the business from him and we had other bills and there was no way I would have been able to afford our existing life as moderate as it was just on my salary. So these are the things we do for those moments that we never want to think about. We plan ahead as best we can financially, meaning that we don't wake up one day and just book a luxury vacation or buy a condo or decide to pull the ripcord on a business. We have a rule that we never upgrade an appliance until we have to, because the second we upgrade an appliance, you know what happens. You all know, you know, another one will go and then we'll have to upgrade that one, right? But by planning ahead like that, it makes a big difference. And I will tell you because... I I know you like when I am radically honest with you and I let you in behind the scenes to all my money screw-ups and mistakes. And I had a client who messaged me about money the other day and I was like, oh, you know, I screwed this up this month. I screwed something up this month too. It's all good. Like we're all going to just survive. And what I said to her was, I got a little frisky. I got a little frisky with the credit card. And here's what happened. I, and this is why you also want sinking funds, right? So I decided that I was going to do three things at once. I was going to buy my daughter Pitbull tickets for her birthday. I was going to book the getaway to the spa with my husband that we're taking in November. And I was going to embark on a home organization project, which yielded quite the large 
amount of money spent at the container store. You you hear me, right? Like I know those of you with the rainbow colored bookshelves, you know what I am talking about. That container store. Also though, I thought I was buying two of something and I wound up buying two eight packs of something. So like, listen, your girl's not perfect, right? And so I did those three things in the same month, which was mm, probably $4,000, a little over $4,000 that I did not expect to spend. I didn't have a sinking fund set up. And then I was like, hot damn, I have to get this paid for within this billing cycle or else I'm going to get charged interest. And y'all know, I don't know, have you seen what's happening with interest lately as they're increasing, as the Fed's increasing the rate? Your interest on your credit cards are going up quite rapidly. And some of you are finding yourself with very little runway. So move any kind of money you have on your credit cards to a 0% financing, pro tip. Uh, But I was like, oh gosh, I need to pay this off. And so it was like a marathon the other month of me like pulling money out of stashed places, taking a little profit earlier than I expected, not putting money into my investment accounts the way I had hoped to make up for this amount of money that I spent, right? So it happens to all of us. There was nothing wrong with me doing all three of those things. I just couldn't do them all in the same month. (laughs) I needed to have a little more planning around it and not be so so impatient, not be so impulsive with my money. We need to delay gratification. And so some of these other things that I do with my money are things like delaying gratification and opting out of from as much consumerism as possible by aligning my spending with my values. Listen, this country runs on consumerism. They want you to buy and buy and buy. And as a matter of fact, with the advent of technology, they're getting really smart about it. They are gamifying your shopping experience. They're making it easier and easier for you to hit that button, buy now, uh, buy now, pay later, right? All this stuff, they just live on our debt. This country survives 70% probably of our GDP comes from consumerism and our debt and us not being intentional with our money. So I opt the hell out of that nonsense. It is a radical act. That is my protest. That's my activism, folks. I make a point to make sure my beneficiary information on things is up to date. And I practice having open and difficult conversations with my husband about money. Those are my hygiene practices. That's it. Those are some of my my hygiene practices. Now, it's important to be taking care of your personal financial health, but it's even more important when you're a business owner. And so if you are following personal financial advice on the internet in a, on an eight second TikTok, God help us, but if that's where you're getting your personal finance advice from, uh, really question, first of all, make sure they're not 20, but also make sure that, that it's coming from another small business owner, right? Because it's different it is different. Your personal finances will impact your business finances and vice versa. Spend too much at home and will throw you into panic selling and you taking on way too much work in your business. By the way, if you don't know what you're spending at home, you have no fucking idea how much money you need to make in your business. So if you haven't downloaded my revenue goal calculator for whatever your ish is, I would suggest you get on it. And if you are not talking to your partner at home, if you don't have a clear plan for what is happening in the home, I suggest you get 
on it and have a real conversation and understand exactly how much each of you needs to contribute, how much your responsibility is, and then set your revenue goal around that. Spend too much in your business and you may impact how much you're able to pay yourself, right? This is how most people, most small business owners wind up living paycheck to paycheck, And listen, it's not wrong. I have sacrificed my own pay at times throughout the last eight years in business, but I did it intentionally and with a plan. Intentionally and with a plan, not through avoidance, not through hoarding, not through overspending, intentionally with a plan. So this is why my team and I have created a revenue goal calculator for you. We have programmed the spreadsheet to do all of the math for you. All you need to do is plug in some of your personal expenses and the calculator will tell you how much revenue you need to pay yourself to meet your expenses. I love this calculator. I'm obsessed with it. I use it multiple times a year. It's how I know exactly how I can pivot my business when I need to. It tells me where I'm able to step back when I need to step it up. I look at it with three things in mind. Ever hear of good, better, best goals? This is how I look at it. I put in the bare minimum. What is the bare minimum? And that informs my good goal. Then I add in some upgrades in my personal life, and that gives me my better goal. And then I add in my luxury items, and that is my outrageous goal or my best goal. And don't worry if you don't have all your expenses neat and tidy somewhere. Most people do not. The first time you use the calculator, just go by a guesstimate. Just get a handle on how the calculator actually works without making it hard, without intentionally putting blocks in your way, okay? There is no reason for you not to use this calculator. I would totally understand it if this calculator wasn't available to you for free, but it's for free, all right? So grab a copy of this epic legendary resource by texting REVENUE to 415-528-7403. We are removing all of the friction. You don't have to stop listening. Go to the website, go to the download, just text, text it, text revenue. That's it. Look at how we're doing this for you. We're making this as easy as possible for you to get on board. Now, there is also a difference between personal finance and business finance. For example, there is a lot of personal finance advice about how fees are bad and debt is the antichrist, but in business, fees are part of doing business. And at some point, your business might have to take on debt to grow. Now, you might be wondering where my knowledge on this is coming from. And I'm going to share with you Two stories. One, I remember as a kid, I've shared this story before, but I remember as a kid, the hugest source of contention between my parents, picture this, it's 1986. You're in a suburban split-level home with brown shag carpet and a leopard print couch. I'm not kidding, y'all. And woven wood blinds. I'm not kidding. Oh, and the carpet colors were brown Shag, we had, we had options, brown shag, orange shag, green shag, except for my room, which was mauve, mauve. So picture this, you're in this home 
And my mom, actually, maybe it was like a little later, maybe it was the early 90s and it was still decorated like it was in the 80s and 70s. And that was the issue probably. And my mom wanted to move into the, uh, this other neighborhood in town. This neighborhood was the wealthy neighborhood. They had a lot more property and they had a lot more. I mean, you could have fit two of our bedrooms in one of their bedrooms in these houses. They were gorgeous. I had friends that lived there. This is where the doctors lived, the stockbrokers from the 80s, the coked up stockbrokers from the 80s. And yeah, they really were coked up. And the doctors and the dentists and the all these folks. And I came from a very, very working class background. My dad started as the uh, floor sweeper and made worked his way up to management and then bought the business. But my dad and my mom would get into these heated arguments. He was not moving. She was not going to get that house that she wanted. And we were all disappointed because I wanted to live where the rich kids lived in town. But he said, and I will never forget this ever, ever a day in my life. I will never forget this. He said, we are not moving because I know that no matter what happens, I can afford this house. That's it. As a business owner, he knew his revenue that no matter what happened, the house that he was living in right now, he could afford flip side to this is my husband after he we close our first business he goes back to work goes to work for somebody else and works for another small business owner who needed to have the 3.5 million dollar house needed each of his kids to drive a mercedes and his wife to charge up thirty thousand dollars on the company amex every month And every month, my husband, who was in charge of operations and CFO-type activities, would go to him and say, we have no money for operations. We can't pay people. We can't run the machines. We are not sure we're going to have electric. And we have a problem. And so my husband had gotten into squirreling away money in separate accounts, knowing that this was going to happen every month. And even still, no matter how much he squirreled away, it was never enough to support this business. So because of this business owner's lifestyle, it harmed other people along the way. It harmed the vendors that he couldn't pay on time. It harmed the customers who couldn't get their product on time because they didn't have the operational money to pay to have it produced. It harmed employees who had to get laid off because he couldn't make payroll. So not having your financial shit in order does harm to other people, especially when you are in business. All right? And I want to be really clear about that because if you can't get your stuff figured out, I want you to go get a job and go work for somebody else. Not a disparagement, not a judgment, but if you are at a place where you are struggling with financial well-being, the things that I mentioned above, looking at bank statements, looking at credit card statements, moving money around, if you're feeling heavy, heavy, heavy crushing resistance, if it's causing you mental stress and anguish, I want you to go to therapy. I want you to work it through. I want you to consider going and getting a job. And I don't want you to impact other small business owners with this type of stuff, okay? Because you're going to in some way, impact somebody else's livelihood and make them work harder because you're not taking responsibility 
for what's happening in your relationship with money. I said that a lot way more way calmer than I thought I was going to say it, y'all. You're welcome. You're very, very welcome. So let's recap today. I want you to focus on regular and consistent action to work toward financial wellness because knowledge isn't enough. And you might have trauma here. You might have stuff that is not easily moved through. Go to therapy. Okay? Before you work on your money mindset, I'm going to add this in here because we know we're online. Before you work on your money mindset, I want you to work on your money know-how. Money know-how and money mindset are going to go together. But if you work on your money mindset without taking the actions you need to take to understand how money works, you're just going to be thinking yourself in circles. Mental masturbation is not going to help you here. I want you to use the revenue goal calculator to help you do that. It's free. I should charge for it. It's epic and legendary, but it's my service to women small business owners and the men who listen to this episode. Fourth, do not listen to the muggles in your life who tell you that fees are a sin and debt is the antichrist. As a business owner, your perspective needs to be different. If you've found this podcast valuable, help us develop more bold leaders in the world by sharing this episode with your friends, colleagues, and other bold leaders. Also, if you haven't done so already, please leave a review. I consider reviews like podcast currency, and it's the one thing you can do to help us out here at the Bold Leadership Revolution HQ. We would be so grateful for it. Special thanks goes to Stacey Harris from Uncommonly More, who is the producer and editor of this podcast. Go check them out for all your digital marketing and content creation needs. Be sure to tune into the next episode to help you embrace your ambition and leave the grind behind.